There's so much ice in here. everyone and welcome to the first ever in-person Hi. recording of <laughs> the two takes on film podcast Wyatt and I are currently in the same room we're looking at each other I'm usually looking at him when we're recording but he's in a computer he's not in a computer right now he is in front of my face and it's absolutely nauseating it's just, I mean, talk about, oh, oh my gosh. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's wonderful. Um, you've probably heard us say this multiple times, but this is, we are almost exactly one month shy of two years since last seeing each other, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that drought is over. 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 Reunited. Thanks for nothing, COVID and distance and (laughs) other responsibilities many other factors (laughs) that have contributed but i was gonna come down last march yeah that's true you're so right oh that was so sad i know i was devastated that was over that was 13 months ago yeah that's crazy crazy wow well i just want to ask you a question i know you do Always. I have so many questions for you, but the one that I'm going to ask you tonight is this. This was a question that was submitted to us a few weeks ago by one of you listeners. And what the question is, is this. If you could be an extra in any movie, what movie would you want to be an extra in? I thought long and hard about this for all of 12 seconds. And I decided... Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Hmm. Just because there are so many cool kills that happen in that movie, whether they're shown up close or like kind of singled out or just happen in the background. I would love to get trampled by one of the elephants. I would love to just get lit up with some arrows for some, <laughs> from some orcs. I would love for Legolas to take me out. And why I thought of that movie, because there's plenty of movies that have lots of kills. Sure. But that movie, if you include non-human characters, such as orcs, elks, or elks, <laughs> elves, <laughs> there's probably some elks that get yeah. in there too. Um, if you include non-human characters, it has the most deaths on screen of any movie of all time. Mm. There's, a, there's a website called Kill Count. I believe it's called Kill Count. Movie Kill Count, Movie Death Count, something like that, dot com, that they're, they literally just track how many deaths happen in each movie. Like hmm. That's their whole thing. Um, and according to them, Lord of the Rings Return of the King 2003 has the most on-screen deaths including non-human characters so what I'm saying is if you're an extra on there out of any movie ever you had the most chances of getting killed on screen Hmm. I just think if you're gonna be an extra in a movie might as well just get brutally murdered sure why not rather than what just like walk and talk in the background on your cell phone yeah boring boring light me up just just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that's my choice okay cool before i answer do you want to guess what my choice is i will die if you get this right 
What year, what is, year it is it from? There's, There's a, a lot, lot of life. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, I don't know. Let me look it up. Okay. What era in general? What era? Is it late 90s? Is it oh. early 2010s? Is it within the past three years? It's the year I graduated high school. Do you know what year that was? <sighs> 1981? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wasn't even born then. Sure. Silly goose. What year did you graduate high school? 2008? Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait, I feel like that might have been too helpful. Was it a famous movie from 2008? There was a lot of good films in 2008. Of course it was. You know that I wasn't following films back then, so I I have no idea the... um, the... What genre of film? I'm not going to answer that. It's going to be too easy. Just answer the question. Mm -mm. you got to help me out. I'm not going to be able to just guess from all the films in 2008. Well, give me a jet. You don't even have to give me a subgenre. I can't, I can't give you a genre because it will literally give it away. I don't think it will. I wasn't alive in 2008. I don't know as well as you. It was, ladies and gentlemen, I was born in 2011. Yikes. That's the year I graduated college. Uh, I am, I'm going to be 10. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> do nine-year-olds still have lists like that? I don't think so. Some of them do, I think. Oh. Uh, I'm just going to tell you. Can I just what? tell you? I want to guess correctly. Okay. So give me... okay. The genre, it's a musical. It was recently made. Uh, a sequel was recently, recently oh, made. Oh, oh, oh. Mama Mia. Yeah. I was I was trying to think of musicals. I told you I wasn't alive in 2008. Like, I don't remember <laughs> the musicals that came out. I would have loved to yeah, be an be, extra in Mamma Mia. The first one in particular. The second one is also a lot of fun, but the first one just I feel like it would just be so fun to be singing and dancing and on an island and my sister and I went to New York a couple years ago you guys don't know this but why it just yawned um it was and- very exaggerated yawn. it was a very big yawn. <laughs> my sister and I went to New York a couple of years ago and we saw Mamma Mia on Broadway and it was such a communal experience they had us get up at the end dancing in our seats it was a blast. And that's the closest that I will probably ever get to being an extra in Mamma Mia. That does sound fun. Mamma Mia would be a fun one. I love dancing. So I, I think that, but I'd rather be killed. Do you want to, <laughs> sure. Do you want to talk about your favorite kind of dancing really quick? Um, I don't think I have a favorite kind of dancing. Wait, what do you, do I? I'm, well, I'm thinking of your like your hardcore dancing. Oh, moshing. Um, no, I don't want to. Talk Do about they not it. call it <laughs> hardcore dancing? No, <laughs> not really. They just they call don't it really call it dancing. Moshing. It's so boring. Turn it, it into li- a dance. It's just living, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just letting the music flow through you mm. in rigid, aggressive manner. <laughs> it's really beautiful. It is. Moshing's great. If you don't. Well, it's, the thing is, moshing isn't, you know, isn't just for like hardcore music. I, Say what I more. consider, 
what I consider moshing mm-hmm. is purely just moving not with the intent of like well choreographed or physically aesthetic movements but with just the intent of letting the music kind of control your body and your mm. movements like i've said this many many times one of my favorite fa- oh my goodness one of my favorite artists who is not at all my genre of music like if you know me i don't listen to like much like pop type music mm. but ellie golding I love Ellie Goulding. Specifically, I love Anything Can Happen by Ellie Goulding. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. Mm-hmm. If I went to an Ellie Goulding concert and I got to be like, not in seats, but I'm standing yeah. towards the stage, no doubt in my mind I would mosh. I'd be elbowing 12-year-old girls left and right, just <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> they would never see mm-hmm. it coming. And then their dads would all like kill me. Yeah. Um, but no, like you can definitely mosh that song. But that's not whatsoever like a hardcore, sure, sure, hardcore rock song. Yeah. But like, I'm not saying you can dance choreographed to that song. I mean, I think you can, but I'm saying what I have in mind Mm -hmm. is more so just free, just free. Yeah. That makes it sound so much more like flowy than it is. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, let's just talk about these movies. <laughs> Today we're going to be reviewing the best international uh, films. We're going to be only reviewing two of them as the Oscars are literally in a few days and we've days been running away. out of time. Uh, there's a lot of movies that are nominated over all of the um, categories and we just simply weren't able to watch all of them in time to record them. But we're uh, nominating two of the front runners for Best International Film and two of our favorites. And and I would say these two both land in my top three to top five movies of the year, period. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about them. Those two movies are Another Round from Denmark and Collective from Romania. Uh, Heather is going to start off with Collective. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start off with Another Round. Okay, great. Um, and then we'll move to collective but yeah <laughs> here we go uh another round is a movie from thomas vinterberg he is a uh a uh danish um that's correct right danish yeah yes okay yeah. i just had a right. in markian no i'm just kidding <laughs> um sorry he is a danish director uh, if you guys are familiar with the 2012 movie The Hunt, um, which you might not be, but you should be. It's a fantastic film. Uh, he's the director of that and then has returned with the same star, Mads Mikkelsen, who is a Danish actor, although he's been in a lot of American films. If you're, uh, if you're familiar with uh, the MCU, he played the primary villain in Doctor Strange. I'm forgetting the villain's name. Um, and just a very recognizable face. But you may not know his name. His name is Mads Mikkelsen. Terrific actor. One of my favorite actors working right now. Um, and definitely doesn't get as much recognition as he deserves. He was in The Hunt with Thomas Winterberg in 2012 and did a fantastic job. And arguably puts in an even better performance in Another Round. Uh, another Round is about four friends. They're all teachers at a local high school uh, at a at a 
I'm forgetting the name of the city, but some city in, in Denmark. Um, and they basically, while discussing their lives and also talking in specifics about this uh, one philosopher uh, and his ideas, they decide to go along with his theory that humans were all born with a 0.5%. Right? Yes. I think it's point. Well, I don't know. I think the measurements are different. Right. I don't know. 0.05% deficiency in alcohol content. Basically, what he thinks is that everyone should go around constantly, all day, every day, with an alcohol, a blood alcohol content level of 0.05. And that improves your life greatly, according to this uh, philosopher, that it loosens you up, it it, it, uh, lowers your defenses, it just makes you calmer and more accepting of the world. And he thinks that that is how all humans could just live. And so these friends, um, all for different reasons, kind of decide to go along with this and and create this experiment um it's an inherently very silly concept something that you could easily think of being like a seth rogan movie or something Mm -hmm. but it's handled very seriously in this case Mm -hmm. and very believably the way they go about it the way they have to sneak alcohol you know their teachers they work at at a school um as well as just like their families i mean they're drinking during working hours they're drinking in the morning obviously Mm -hmm. their wives their children if they saw them you know, open a bottle of wine every day at 8 a.m., they might grow concerned. So they have yeah. to kind of hide it. The way they go about this is is not silly whatsoever, but actually mm-hmm. quite serious. I mean, there are inherently silly moments of the film and comedic moments of the film just due to the absurdist nature of this concept. But as characters and as the audience, it's taken very seriously. Um and the movie is a lot of explorations. Uh, one about just drinking culture. This takes place in Denmark mm-hmm. where uh, the age limit is 16, I believe. And I remember there's this scene at the very beginning of the movie where yeah. all the teenagers do this like, I forgot what they call it, like a lake run. They basically run mm-hmm. around a big lake with like a like a 12 pack of beer and they beer. have to drink a beer at every like certain point distance or whatever and then they go about the town just wasted and kind of wreak havoc but everyone doesn't seem to mind that much totally the next day at school all the teachers are having a meeting and the principal is saying hey you know the kids got a little rowdy last night we're thinking about doing an all like a complete alcohol ban during the school year semester yeah and the teachers basically mumble themselves like yeah right that's never going to happen like there's no way you can enforce that and then even a little bit later on one of the teachers is talking to a student and this is a high school student, so no older than 18, maybe 19. And he's saying, how much do you drink per whatever? And I remember thinking, like, it's weird that this student just openly admitting mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not. It's legal. Yeah. It's, that kid's been able to drink. I mean, assuming he's like a senior. He's been able to drink for two, three years already. Right. Um, which is just so different from America that it's just so open. Mm-hmm. And people just drink a ton, a ton. a huge drinking culture to a lot of European countries and mm-hmm. apparently Denmark is one of them I, d- I honestly didn't even know Denmark drank as much I mean you know like Germany mm-hmm. um, countries like that Oktoberfest that kind yeah. of thing um, I guess I just never really put thought into it but apparently Denmark is one of those cultures and I think that's just very different from American culture um, 
this obviously isn't the case for everyone, but I think a lot of people never really saw their parents get drunk. Maybe they saw them drink or that. Maybe they didn't at all. Um, but they're just like parents, older siblings. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just like getting drunk. Constant. It, yeah, it's 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 definitely a different culture. So it's an explanation of that in both the liberation that that can bring to a community, mm-hmm. but also the damages that it can bring to a community yeah. and just a people as a whole and how they approach substance abuse. Yeah. And it also is, you know, on my second point, it's a, it's a explanation of just addiction and abuse mm-hmm. to substances um, and overall just people's relationships with different substances and different medications, both uh, physical, you know, like something you could drink or take or eat and also emotional like medications um, emotional addictions and mm-hmm. how those benefit and damage uh, your life and your yeah. your humanity and your relationships. Um, it's interesting because it, it it tonally balances comedy and absurdism with deep uh, humanity and seriousness. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you kind of find yourself thinking like, is this a comedy? Is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Is it a drama? But the things that happen that are tragic are equally hilarious. And the things Mm. that happen that are hilarious are equally tragic. And I think what I came to realize throughout this film is these moments, the the movie is really just this, it tells this story and this progression of these four men and the decision they make, the decisions that led to that decision they make. The decisions that that decision led to it's it's just mm-hmm. the it's just their story and it's just these collection of events that are no more humorous no more comedic than they are tragic and no more tragic than they are comedic they're just extremely human mm-hmm. and how the viewer sees them whether you watch it and you think that's funny or you watch it and you think that's sad i think it says more about you than what the movie's trying to say the movie is just showing you very human moments, very human mistakes, very human triumphs, very human um, errors and strengths and decisions from these characters. And it's really just up to you whether you kind of interpret certain ones as tragic or funny. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Um, And one of the things that people may not like about the film is that I think that it leaves you feeling confused as to what the message of the film was. Hmm. Was it in support of certain ideas? Was it anti certain ideas? There are times when the film feels very heavy handed, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very obvious that they're trying to say this. However, there are other times that it feels like, no, they're obviously saying that there's some merit to this. Mm -hmm. And And when I say this, I'm not trying to convey a certain subject. I'm saying a myriad of subjects or, I'm not personally right now speaking to you as the audience trying to say that I think there was one message that they went back and forth on. There's a lot of different conversations happening in the movie and all of them have multiple sides presented and multiple kind of outcomes presented. And some people may not like that. Some people might want a clear message out of their film, mm-hmm. but I really enjoy that. I mm-hmm. really enjoy kind of, it's not an ambiguity of story it's nothing like that. The story's very straightforward, but it's an ambiguity of of even what these characters feel 
how they'll move forward. And I think that really just leaves it in your own hands as far as how you take this film, how you interpret it, how you apply, what, how you kind of felt about it and what you learned from it to your own life. Um, I really, really love that. I think it's one of the best films yeah. of the year. And, and that was all talking. I mean, I haven't even gotten to the technical aspects. The direction in this film is fantastic. The cinematography is amazing. Um, there are, I'm thinking of one scene in particular in a classroom where Mads Mikkelsen's character, the, the main character, goes in and just really has a rapturous breakthrough with his students, even though he is even more intoxicated than what they had kind of originally agreed upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the cinematography in that film or in that scene, the way it kind of weaves in and out of focus on certain things, the way it's in constant motion, you feel both his slight, like verging on the edge of drunkenness. Like he's, he's not in full control of his view of the world around him while also feeling this very triumphant kind of, um, like I said, rapturous musical feeling to his breakthrough with these students. And it's, you just, it, it, it feels exactly like what you assume his character is feeling. The cinematography is fantastic. I'm disappointed that it didn't get a mm. nomination of the Oscars, but there's a lot of technical aspects of this film. A lot of gorgeous, the score is great, but the soundtrack in general, it uses a lot of one of the teachers of these four men as a choir teacher. And it, it uses his class to great effect whether it's actually showing them singing or just you hear them singing while other scenes are happening. A lot of really, really beautiful moments song-wise happen um, and deeply affecting scenes in the film. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, I would just say performances off the chart. Once again, Mads Mikkelsen's character, there's a scene towards the beginning that I was just talking about with Heather where he essentially has a, a very intimate breakdown it's mm -hmm. not very public it's not like any other people besides the one he's at a restaurant and the people sitting at the table with him can see what's happening but even they it takes a while to catch on so it's not yeah. a breakdown like he is yelling and screaming the whole restaurant sees but for him it's very much an intense emotional breakdown and the subtlety in which he acts it is absolutely devastating and this happens very early on in the movie mm -hmm. you barely know the character mm -hmm. usually a big character breakdown happens an hour an hour half in the movie so you feel like you have known them for this whole time and now you see them break down it's really emotional you barely even know this guy and yet you feel the weight of how he's feeling absolutely brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant um so and, and the performances from all the other actors as well is, is mm -hmm. really really good so mm -hmm. yeah i really really love this film like i said i think it's one of my favorite of the year and what did you think heather yeah um I really <laughs> enjoyed it as well uh yeah it's a a story of four friends and co-workers who I think each individually are struggling and are dealing with their their lives as they like where they find themselves and um pretty universally they are unhappy they are unhappy. <laughs> Did I say that? Is that what I said? I'm echoing a little. So um, yeah, they're all pretty unhappy. And so they have this philosopher to kind of look to as, as kind of guiding them into trying to find a solution for this. And I 
I think all of us at certain points in our life can feel unhappy about where we are in a certain season. Um, do you then turn to alcohol to kind of get yourself through that? Maybe some people do, and that's what they do in this film. So anyways, I think it's a an interesting um, picture or narrative on like you have mentioned, kind of looking to substances or things to kind of make you happy and to fill that hole. Yeah. And what's interesting is you say, oh, when people, you know, everyone's been to the point in their life where they feel unhappy or discontent or something like that. Mm -hmm. And do you turn to alcohol? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in American culture, when we say this person feels unhappy, they Mm -hmm. turn to alcohol, we mean they feel unhappy, so they turned to alcoholism mm-hmm. and got drunk a lot so that they didn't have to think about their their unhappiness. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they're not looking to become alcoholics. Whether yeah. they risk that or not yeah. is kind of collateral collateral yeah. damage to what their goal was. And I think it's partially because they're coming from a culture where being drunk all the time, yeah, you know, quite potentially being an alcoholic, not trying yeah. to judge anyone specifically is normal yeah so it's almost like their rebellion is using alcohol in a what they think is constructive Mm. way Mm -hmm. it isn't just parting like their culture often does or just drinking for festivities or for celebration Mm -hmm. it's actually that they're trying to take small amounts of alcohol they only do it during like working hours they don't they have rules not to drink after like Mm -hmm. It's 8 like p.m. or something. 8 p.m. Like it's 8 to 8 or something mm-hmm. and not on, weekends. not on weekends. So it's never to like celebrate. It's never to go above and beyond. Unfortunately, they kind of lose themselves in this yeah. experiment yeah. as the movie goes on. But originally it's, I think it's almost like to us sitting at 0.05% during your workday or whatever is ludicrous. Mm-hmm. But to them, it's almost rebellion against not that lots of them are drunk at work, but just the other abuses that lots of people in their culture might have mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. towards alcohol or with alcohol. So I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily like, are they unhappy? So they're using alcohol like, hey, I'm unhappy. Let's just get wasted so I don't have to think about it. But more so saying, I'm unhappy. Is there a way to actually use alcohol to improve my life? Genuinely improve it. Yeah. Whether those repercussions are positive or negative or a mix of both, that's yet to be seen. Mm -hmm. But there are, we do see genuine improvements in some areas of their life. Totally. Yeah. Temporary, some. Yeah. Sometimes not. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very interesting concept. And like I said, one that if you just read that synopsis of the movie off to someone, it sounds like a comedy, a comedy through and through, Mm -hmm. and a pretty, silly one like kind of ridiculous one one that's probably just going to get crude and rely on just cheap jokes and crude humor and then call itself a day but it's it's really not it really explores it in all seriousness Mm -hmm. and i think it is very successful because of that yeah 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 it's super entertaining i think it has a lot of of great questions to ask um but yeah overall just entertaining definitely do you want to move on? Yeah. Great. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a film from Romania called Collective. And this is the story of 
a few, it follows a few different people, but, um, it centers around the story of this fire that happened in a nightclub in Bucharest. And, um, in this fire, in this club, there were a lot of people who lost their lives and were severely injured. Um, so it was a, it was in 2015 that this fire happened, um, literally is in the middle of a concert. It actually shows a clip, um, of the fire breaking out in the middle of the show, um, which the clip itself is pretty, like Wyatt said, both of these movies are pretty heavy as far as the, the content and the story that they're telling. Yeah, for sure. This film is not only in the international category, but it's also in the documentary category, um, which I think Wyatt alluded to when we did our documentary episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is is straight up documentary, and um, yeah, so it does show a, a clip of the fire actually happening. And what was so tragic initially is that this club where this fire happened. I think I need to take these off. <laughs> yeah. And also just moving forward, this is a film that Heather and I both love. I genuinely think this might be my favorite film of the year. We should be very careful during the first part of this review with spoilers. Because I really want people to go watch the movie. Uh And a large part of that is just going into it like with no information. So I think we should stage a first half and then break into a second spoiler half. Mm. Does that ruin your synopsis of the film? Um, I can try to be more vague. I just, guys, I love this movie so much. And I think Heather can agree. Like, I think it's such an important film. And I really, really, like, out of all the movies we discussed, which this is the last film we're specifically discussing before the Oscars. Out of all of them, as far as importance goes, I think I would single this one out above the rest to go see. Like, right now, it's on Hulu. Go watch it. Like, I know we've said this, but there go like you really need to watch this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um it will absolutely shock you, disturb you, but open your eyes to it's I don't even know how to explain it with without just yeah kind of ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me try. Okay. As I mentioned, (laughs) there is a fire that takes place in a club in the middle of a performance. There are a a group of individuals who die in this fire initially. That's how bad it is. There's more information as to why so many people died. Um, However, what was most tragic was not most tragic people losing their lives in the fire initially is very tragic. What continues to be tragic is the story and the lives that are lost after the fire happens. So um, collective is the story of a group of journalists who work at the sports gazette. Um, And they begin to kind of look into the story of the fire and, um, some of the losses that happen after the fire and really uh, kind of break ground on some really terrifying information as to um, the healthcare system 
in Romania. So it's centering around this group of journalists who are investigating um, these deaths that occur because of the healthcare system in Romania. Um, While they are doing this and kind of uncovering all of this, there's also political issues that are coming up and um, that are being highlighted. And the, uh, what is it? The prime minister of health, the minister of Mm -hmm. health. Um, There's transition that happens there. There's an election that happens. All of these things kind of contribute to or are um, kind of, there's a light shown upon them because of these journalists and what they've uncovered from this fire in this situation. So um, as a whole, it's an incredible story of the uh, importance and power of investigative journalism. Mm. Um, it, like I said, really sheds light on the healthcare system and how that can be influenced by politics and money and how in turn that affects people's lives. So it's a powerful, powerful story. Um, it is heartbreaking in many ways that it follows a few different groups of people, both the journalists and, uh, the minister of health, as well as victims of this fire and their families. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces, but I feel like they're really beautifully interwoven with each other. They really play against each other. Um, a lot of highs and lows as far as the emotional roller coaster that you're on really kind of high stress moments of press conferences and, um, making these discoveries of terrible things, um, that have been going on, but then also these really peaceful, quiet, beautiful moments of following, um, one of the burn victims in particular and her kind of journey of recovery and her journey as a model now, and just, Mm -hmm. um, all, all of these different things. So super powerful. It is not for the faint of heart. Um, as you are watching it, not only content wise, uh, but also just some of the clips and videos that are shown. It, it's it tough. can be pretty graphic at times. So be aware of that as you're going into it. But um, yeah, like Wyatt said, super important. I would really encourage you to watch. I I honestly think that it's one of the most, this is going to be kind of a funny sentence to say, but it's one of the most timely movies of all mm. time. Truly a movie for our days with just how much is focused on right now as far as uh, media goes, Mm -hmm. journalism, fake news. um, Even how um, I remember thinking at one point, what is the media's role in like, where's the balance between bringing awareness to something and causing hysteria over something? Right. Which is, which is a large thing that film grapples with as these people behind um, possible leaks and in information, these mm-hmm. people behind um, possibly letting the public know about these. And when we say horrific things, yeah. I mean, truly horrific things mm-hmm. that have been going on, jaw dropping corruption within the system mm-hmm. and potentially any system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but the people who deal with the responsibility of possibly leaking this to public deal with also the responsibility to potentially not ensue chaos within yeah. the public. Yeah. Um, 
but what is the line between not creating hysteria and sharing the truth yeah i don't know yeah uh this movie tries to deal with it yeah i don't think it's successful i don't think it thinks it's successful mm-hmm. but it certainly asks the question and wants you to ask it as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean just really with with everything that's in the news nowadays as far as that kind of stuff goes journalism uh who's reporting this what is true journalism look like compared to like big company journalism even within the film themselves and there's even a a video from one of the riots where an actual romanian man says this into a speaker but the people leading this major fraud investigation are from the sports gazette yeah they're a sports column yeah it'd be like not even sports illustrated it's not that big yeah it would be like if some i don't know San Francisco Sports Weekly just started investigating the healthcare system of America yeah. and revealed these massive frauds. Yeah. While CNN and Fox and major news corporations continued to deny it, mm-hmm. there's a separation even between levels of journalism within this country, mm-hmm. the system, um, and it's it's there's there's scenes where one of the head investigators from the Sports Gazette goes on a major network. Mm-hmm talk show mm-hmm. or news show and they basically say why are you doing this yeah. why are you creating hysteria you're yeah. making us look bad yeah because you're putting out this negative news and people think that it's us putting out because they look at us as the media the ones who you know reveal this information um it's it's just it's such an interesting yeah. watch and like i said it's just so so timely mm-hmm. i think it's the most important film and I, and I say this in all honesty, but I think it's the most important film made about journalism, about um, journalistic integrity mm-hmm. this century mm-hmm. so far, bar mm-hmm. none. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. If not my favorite movie of the year, you you need to watch this film. Yeah. Definitely. With both of these, um, they, hopefully this is self-explanatory, but they are both subtitled. They are not in mm-hmm. English. Yeah. Um, and this one in particular it is so fast paced. Like you cannot, I don't, you cannot watch either of these movies if you are a distracted watcher Yeah. because you literally have to be, you have to be focused on what they're saying or else you'll miss it because it's just moving so quickly. Yeah. Collective. I watched back in November, but I wanted to give it a rewatch before we did this episode. And and the other, just yesterday, it was like during the morning as I was getting ready, Mm -hmm. Because sometimes if, I, if yeah. I'm re-watching something, if I'm watching it for the first time, I'll sit down and whatever. But if I'm just kind of rehashing, I'll play it on my computer and kind of carry my computer around mm-hmm. from room to room as I get ready. But this, I like I tried to do that at first and I was like, well, I can't. You can't. I've already yeah. seen it and I still just can't do that. Yeah. And what's and this is just so fast-paced. And, and um, another round is also like this. Yeah. One, because most international films, films that are uh, – the audio is in a foreign language you watch the subtitles and although it is a different language a lot of the kind of pacing of the words goes along similarly mm-hmm. so it in your head you're listening to the words come out of their mouth and you're reading the words that the the english words right. that they're saying and they kind of match but in denmark yeah not the case are yeah often four times as long as ours so you'll you'll see like 
three words on a screen, three English words, but it'll take up like 10 mm-hmm. seconds of talking. Mm-hmm. And it just, but then sometimes it's like the opposite effect. It just very, like you can't rely on half reading and then half having your brain kind of keep up with the pacing of yeah. the word to put two and two together. You have to really watch yeah. and really be reading the subtitles. Yeah. So they are definitely intention um, requiring films, yeah. but uh, I think that's a great thing. Oh, yeah. And 100% worth it. I wasn't, yes. I'm not saying that to say like, no, no, oh, no, sure. if you want to be distracted, because I, I understand that sometimes you're multitasking. These ones, I would just encourage you, don't. Don't. <laughs> because you can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't try it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to give this the time. Yeah. Give it the time. Yeah. Um, there are other things that you can watch while more totally. distracted and yeah. use those for those times. Yeah. Um, but these ones really deserve more and, and require more yeah uh the way i'm sitting right now i have my feet up kind of on this little uh what do you call these it's an ottoman oh, thank you ottoman yeah um but we do have our computer we're still recording technically over zoom so i have like three cameras on me and my feet are just like right in the center of the frame <laughs> i feel like i'm in a quentin tarantino movie. oh gosh yeah. they're very dirty <laughs> anyway that was a good, I think that was a solid end to our <laughs> review of Collective. That really wrapped things up thematically. Oh. Anyway, that has been a weird, weird episode, episode of reviewing um, those two films. I can't stress this enough. Two of my favorite films of the year. Absolutely wonderful. Please, 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 please yeah. go watch them. Yeah. Both on Hulu. Both on Hulu. You can just watch one. And then the, the other. other. Take a little break. Take a little, Take break. A little like mental health break. Yeah, that'd be tough. Yeah. Just a, just a short walk. Yeah. Not too long. Or watch a video of like a baby laughing or a puppy jumping. Yeah. <laughs> that really, that's what I always do. I know. I just watch videos of puppies jumping. Yeah. Not, not like barking or no. just jumping. Yeah. <laughs> so carefree. Oh, okay, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Um, by the time you're listening to this, our Oscar episode is literally two days away. Um, or excuse me, not our Oscar episode. The Oscars are two days away yeah. where we will be live streaming. Um, fill out your ballots. You've already heard about that by now. If you haven't, go follow us on Two Takes, uh, Two Takes on Film on Instagram. Uh, look at our latest posts it's a video of me talking and you'll hear me kind of explain what's that, what that is about, but fill out those ballots, get them into us and then join us on Sunday for our live stream. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Uh, but we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.